Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have on Dale Dupree, and we're gonna be diving deep into his mission-driven company, The Sales Rebellion, and the community that surrounds it, a group of people who are truly there for each other and support each other in life. And then we'll also dig into how he went about building his brand identity, how he wove in the story, the arts, the graphics, everything to build that personal brand and the brand behind the company. So let's get into it. Hey, what's going on, Dale? Thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. You got it, man. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the first place I came across you, it's actually before I met you, uh, just through LinkedIn at some point, we, we crossed paths. But I came across that epic video you guys have for uh, the Sales Rebellion. And I swear that's like the best video for a brand that I've ever seen. And uh, and. And so it's just like it totally explained like where it came from and the way you had your friend kind of talking about the introducing everything. I just thought it was really well done. It was it's really cool. Cool. Thanks. You know, what's cool about that is I did not script, write, record or help with that video at all. So that was actually a gift that that student who is a friend gave to me um, after I had helped him tremendously with his his sales uh, walk. He got the footage from my business partner and said like, Hey, just like, don't ask questions. Just give me this footage. And I really truly believe that that's why it hits so hard. Even when I watch it, <laughs> it's, it's my experience with the person. Right. And, and, and myself even, and I, even when I watch it, I feel driven by it. Right. So I, I think it's one yeah. thing, one of the tricks inside of, I shouldn't even call it a trick. One of the natural ways to create very, very, very abundant synergy between you and your audience is to do things that aren't forced or scripted, but to just have moments that can that are radically natural and authentic in a, in a way. And I think that that's what really drives bad to the bone marketing, bro. Yeah, because you see people, you you see, I like I see something like that, and then I'm like, man, I want to I want to replicate that uh, for my brand. And it's like that catch 22. It's like, if you try to like replicate something like that, then it just like, it's going to either be manufactured and people can, can smell it. Uh, or, uh, or yeah, it just, but, but at the same time, I, it does make me think though, it's like, instead of thinking, how can I replicate this? I start thinking, okay, how could I build a movement like that? Like what, what's at the center? It, it just, it just makes me think differently. Cause I'm kind of like an introverted dude, like at, at heart. And so like one of the things that I've been interested in and I, probably why um, in, in, in what you've been building is just like getting outside of that and like helping people kind of grow and, and, and learn and stuff. So, um, but so you've built this amazing community, you know, helping people on the sales side, uh, but you really help them with a lot more than that. It's like, like there's a bigger mission going on with, with the people that you're helping, even like just helping them with family and all sorts of different things. So, I'm I'm curious. I mean, I know from your video, but like a lot of people that are listening may not have seen it, although maybe a lot of them have. But like, how did you go from salesman to community builder? So I don't know that I ever was a salesperson. I'll just start there that that at 17 years old, I got signed to a record label after doing a tour across the United States that was self-produced basically and self-promoted. Um, it was our our manager 
at the time his name was Grant Lingerfelt, who kind of just like made some dials, found some promoters, found a couple bands to like take the dive with us. He might have lied a little bit here and there. <laughs> it, we were just a bunch of kids trying to create something for ourselves, right? Um, and I don't know about the lying part. He is a pretty honest dude, so I take that back. <laughs> but, but I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. No, I hope he hears it because he knows I love him. So, but again, the thought being like a lot of us in the beginning, we fake it until we make it, right? But after that tour, after 50 days of like doing it yourself. And the sweat and the tears we put into that bad boy. And, like, you know, we'd show up to a show one night where, you know, that he's clawed and scratched to get us into the venue and did everything he possibly could, right? And we had to end up playing, like, next door to nobody. Those were some of the best nights in my life, you know, where, like, five people came out and we changed their lives, you know, because they got to, like, hang out with a bunch of guys that were from Orlando on, on tour in the middle of Kansas City and they thought that that was, you know, the rock star status, that it didn't matter if it was in front of 10,000 people or 10, that you were living this life that they wanted and desired for themselves. And I, I recognize in those moments that we, we all see the world so much differently. And, and then a lot of people do. They look at me as the leader of the sales rebellion and they think, oh, well, you must have been a salesperson your whole career and now you're trying to teach other people. And I believe that everybody is in sales. And so, of course, I believe that I've been in sales from that perspective, but I've always been just a guy trying to have a ton of friends across the world. Like that's my goal in life. Like I want to die and they're, and they have to like bury me in a field so big that it can't even hold all the people that show up and not from the perspective of popularity, from the perspective of being able to create and build a legacy that then lives on. And, and those people that are there that they all know each other, not just me and, and that they're all hugging on each other and catching up and, and saying, hey, it's great to see you. And even if they only met one time ever, that they feel like family within the community that we do build and that I do build and that I've been building. Because what's most important to me in this world is people. And so sales come second, you know, from that perspective. And and shoot, it probably comes third or fourth behind God and my family, bro, from that perspective as well. And And so if I'm being honest, I truly don't really like sales from the perspective of the way that the world perceives it. That's why I started right. a rebellion because we got to get rid of it. So, so my my origins are that of servant leader, you know, which was built into my very existence from my father. Right, I wasn't born that way. It was something that was cultured into me. My my origins are entertainer. They're the wild kid that would do whatever anybody asked him to do for a cigarette and you know like ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and I quit smoking, by the way, if anybody was was wondering after that that statement. But the point being that for me, it was never really about sales as much as it was about the impact that I was creating on other people more so than anything. And that's what cultured me to become what I am today. Gotcha. So so your your skills as a community builder, from your perspective, they've just been you've been building those your whole life. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, well, what would you say to somebody like me who's like, um, like I want to do something like that? Um, I think I'm kind of figuring it out, kind of getting my legs a little bit. But like, for someone that hasn't had that experience that you've had, like you've been kind of indoctrinated your whole life, like, what what would be some things that you'd say to to someone like me that be like, hey, this is how you might go about thinking about it. these are some of the these are some of the like the core concepts that you might want to start adopting into your life that could help foster something like this. 
Yeah, one of the most key ingredients to the whole concept is awareness. And so you want to build something, right? I always I always sat back and when I would say to myself, I want to start my own company, I'd go, I would question myself and my motives and go, do you want to start your own company for you or for something bigger than you? And because nobody cares that I wanted to start my own company. Like right. nobody cared, nobody cares now. Like that's all there is to it. The only person that truly cares is me. No one cares as much as me, at least, if somebody does say they care. They don't care like I do. And and so we have to sit back and we have to understand awareness. So if I really want to build this company and I really want to start this movement and I really want people to buy into it, I can't sit around and say, well, what would I want? How would I buy into it? I have to say, well, who am I serving? And what is, what are their, what's the demographic look like? How many different cultures am I speaking into? What, am I going to be somebody that's more inclusive or exclusive based on the audience? And how do I do that based on the audience? And so I, we build from the outside in, in my opinion, as community organizers, if you will, from the perspective of the rebellion and others that are, that are like it that are out there. Here's the problem. I think that a lot of people build these big communities in hopes of becoming extremely wealthy. It's probably the most blunt, like blunt way to put it, right? right? Where the second most important ingredient outside of awareness is that you lower all expectations for yourself of what it is that you're building. Your expectations have to solely rest on others' happiness and the way that they interact with and use your community in order to gain their own success that you have to step out of the picture. And because of that, there's a lot of things that you let go of in those moments as well too and some in some instances it's it is the this idea of instant success or success in the way that you've been thinking that you're going to have it even to some extent you know i i will say that i never sat around and thought to myself in 2010 um, which was my first extremely successful sales year as a as a sales rep um, I was coming off of the back of 2009, which was like heading in the right direction. And I and I finally hit my yearly quota. That was my third year in sales. But my fourth year in sales, dude, or uh, my second year in sales, my third year in sales in 2010 was ridiculous. And and when I started like looking at my bank account in 2012 and seeing checks for twenty, thirty thousand dollars at the end of the month hitting it for commissions and then checks for fifty and $60,000 later on after that. And starting to That's sit crazy. back and recognize like, whoa, you know, that I, I have tapped into something different for myself because I had no expectation of those things, of the monetary side of it whatsoever, but that my, my focus was on the success of the community that I was building and the people that I was serving as the copier warrior back in those days. That be, and because I took something like a transactional process behind buying a copy machine and a, a a commodity at the same time as well too and and built something massive around it from the perspective of the alliances from the people from the marketplace that when i saw the the success that came out of that it kind of blew my mind you know i kind of thought this isn't even supposed to happen this way from this perspective well a question on that it's like you called like so you're selling copiers like and you you're using the word community and i think community gets used in a lot of different ways like how do you when you're doing that like i know what you have now in terms of your community but like what was that community like who was it made up of and like so it was a list of 550 people when it started that was in my crm so a sales rep would call it a territory 
and I sat back and went and, and told myself like I will never I will never kneel to the to the mindset of of the, the, the typical sales individual in the way that leadership tells us to look at these things. Like I will not kneel to these things. Like these this is not these are not numbers. This is not my CRM. This is a this is a relationship tool and this is a community that I'm serving. And I had to sit back and really recognize those things for myself in those moments and say, okay, are you selling copiers to people or robots? Is the first question. And and so by answering that question for myself, I was able to connect better with that said community. And suddenly when you sell a, a copy machine to Alan Olden at Bristow Academy, a helicopter flight school that's, you know, global in Titusville, Florida at the Titusville airport, which nobody knows about, that it's more than just this account that you sold a copy or two. It becomes something that's living and breathing. And suddenly the, the men at that organization and women at that organization become family to you. And the leaders start showing up at things like the Economic Development Commission meetings because they recognize the impact that they can have and that it can have on them as well too, that a guy that sold them copiers is opening them up to. And in the same mindset, that I could sell to the 30-year-old business around the corner that was a mom and pop and owned by dad and left to the daughters and you know that was doing a couple million dollars a year as opposed to a global business and do the literal exact same thing and maybe just in a little bit of a different fashion to an extent where like they would show up to things like the open house where we would we would throw a big barbecue and just fellowship and have community over and and enjoy and revel in relationships. And, and maybe that only happened once a year that you saw those people. Maybe you saw them two or three times throughout the year when you just stopped by to say, hey, right? This idea that the salesperson can only stop by when they're trying to set an appointment or sell something is ridiculous. It's, it's bullocks uh, for all my English friends that are listening. And the thought process is that for me is that if we stop looking at people as transactions and looking at a job as a transactional thing from a sales perspective, that immediately community can be born in those moments. And it doesn't have to be this thing that you've got, you know, dated once a year to get everybody together to watch Jimmy Buffett on some kind of projector that you put in the backyard. That doesn't have to be what it is. It can be a myriad of things. It can be cleaning trash out of the, the, the lagoon. It can be going to city hall meetings. It can be serving a not-for-profit in the area and giving back to kids that are unfortunate and are underprivileged inside of our, our society, right? There's a lot of things that community can come together to create. It can be beers on, on once a quarter on a Friday night at the local brewery to nerd out over the things, the beautiful tastes and aromas that are created in a place like that and not just let's go get drunk and drive home, right? It can be something more meaningful and impactful but we have to take it there. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's cool. That you made something so so deep out of it, and I guess it just it just took a little longer to kind of build that out. But then the but then for everyone involved, it was just a lot more uh, meaningful. Man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, bro, that and not to get so deep on this subject, but or, or elongate this subject even, but it was fast, dude. Like, and this is why it was fast is because my dad had spent thirty years in the freaking territory, like doing his thing the same way. And so when I said my name. Are you Curtis's son? Yep. So number one, like you are doing that right now every day. You listening right now who's out there building that for your kids coming up behind you or your nieces or your nephews if you don't have them or the people you're mentoring that are younger than you at that. You're doing the same freaking thing every day and you have to take pride in that immediately. But the other side of it is that even like in places where my dad didn't have those connections and that I had to like the whole point network that I had to click into, you know, and basically destroy it. <laughs> That's what I had to do, that 
I was I was willing to risk and I dared to you know the mighty things in life that we're all afraid to do. I was wasn't afraid to get somebody ticked off at the way that I cold called them, you know, by doing something like leaving a box of empty donuts and saying, "Hey, these I uh, here these are for you. Sorry, there's none left. I've been waiting weeks to hear back from you. This is my cell phone number, though. If you want to set something up, and I'll bring a full box over." And and because I wasn't afraid to do things like that, I got I broke in to places faster and within. You know, five years from 2012 to 2017, bro, that company that I represented went from two, nine, eight million to 25 million, right? And I was the top rep every year. I was doing nothing but a million plus in net new business. And, and you know, nobody else did those kinds of numbers. And, and companies in general don't do those kinds of numbers. So we were a unicorn in those moments. And it didn't take long, man. But it was that I didn't have the expectation that it would be quick. I had the expectation that like, you. this is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of effort. And because of that, you know, things happen faster for us because we put less pressure on ourselves. Yeah, no, no that's cool. So it's like a, it was, there was, there was a patience uh, that you had. That's another thing I'm working on right now too, man, is like his patience. Um, it's like weird when you're patient, you can actually move a lot faster. Um, what it, so it was like a mixture of like creativity and just in terms of how you made new connections and then the mixture of just the general attitude of how you brought these people together. I'd say that creativity is like that third ingredient inside of everything we've been talking about. And I would say that, that also that patience is that fourth ingredient for sure. That we kind of hit on a lot of ingredients just now, but I think that, that those are the, the pieces of the puzzle that we have to really lock in. That creativity, everybody loves creativity, even the most uncreative people, because it makes them feel something. We call it the awakening. Um, and it, and really, like what happens in those moments is that it causes a sense of wonder in people, which is like our childhood. Like, bro, and it, it doesn't matter what kind of kid you were introvert, extrovert, uh, ambivert. Uh, and really, like, you don't develop that stuff until later anyway. Like, you might have a particular uh, style. Right. And, and you might your older brother might be much louder than you, but that doesn't mean that you can't get down. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, no, I got you. Because kid, as kids, bro, we're, we're willing to risk. You know, even if we're afraid of it, we're like, well, will you hold my hand? Will you do it with me? I'll do it if you'll do it with me. You know, so there's yeah. there is this sense of wonder that we have as children. Right. That like we all have inherently that we kind of walk away from and we tend to forget those things. Right. Which is this simple fact. All humans learn everything the same way. We just process it differently, right? As we get older and as we change and, and whatnot. But all humans learn things and experience things the same way with these hands, with these eyes, with this mouth, with this nose, with these ears. And and again, like some of us might not have the same privileges from that perspective in regards to those things I just talked about, but we all learn the same way. And, and because we disconnect from that, we make things so difficult. Then you have to go buy 90 click funnels to figure out what your click funnel is going to look like to sell to, to nobody for the first year because you can't, you know, figure out why anybody, nobody's buying your stuff. But I made this. It's right. so good. You know, when we don't speak to people the way they need to be spoken to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone through a lot of that myself, just making things way, way too complicated. And it was interesting. Um, have you ever heard of Rev Genius? Yeah. Yeah. So I had uh, Jared, the co-founder, um, and we were talking about community. And you're, the way you talk is a lot the, the, the same way that he does when I was asking a lot of these questions. And one of the things that was actually kind of cool is like after we finished the podcast, he took a little time to talk to me about what I was trying to do. 
uh, outside of my business. And he brought up an interesting point. He's just like, a lot of the time when people are building these communities, uh, it's like they're not really building a community. They're just, they're just building something that's underneath them. And, and he called it, I think he said it was like God mode, where it's like, are you trying to be the God of all these people? Or are you trying to create a place where there's all these different types of people at all different levels that can actually help each other? And you can almost kind of step away almost because you, you, you aren't even the one that has, it's not like you are the, the person that has all the skills to make it all happen. It's just like the community in itself lives and breathes without you. Your personal brand becomes in those moments of like transcending the thing that you've built is, is not to be like better than it, but to be so thick in it that you become part of the ecosystem. That's, that's your personal brand inside of your own, your own movement and your own community that you're building. So it, it puts you actually like on the level of the people of the quote unquote lower level people or the way that they would look at it. So you look at a guy like Gary B and even though a lot of people kind of worship him, like he shows up into a, his wine store and just chills and hangs out with you and talks to you. And that's what, that's why people love him because he doesn't, he, he sure he has a driver and a couple of things like that. A lot of us aren't privileged to have in, in their lives. Like he's got a lot of money too, but you don't see it on his, his wrist. You don't see it in his clothing. You don't see it in his, in his, you know, his look in general, right? He didn't flash that stuff around like some other people that are out there doing the same type of stuff because he recognizes and he realizes that the thing that will keep him connected with people is to, to continue to motivate them by being part of the group and the community that he's built in the first place and building, which is to tell people that don't believe that they can do anything with their life, that you're, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> it's a simple message, yeah. right? But but it is, it's very important to make sure that you're not becoming one of these these people. I won't say any names just because I don't know who listens to your podcast. I don't want to offend anybody. But if you hit me up privately, I talk about it all day long or inside of our communities. And it's not about – it's not even about being in disagreement with these people. It's just being in agreement of the truth and recognizing the smoke and mirrors and the law of man and sitting back and saying <laughs> we don't need to be taken advantage of anymore. As sales professionals, especially, we need to we need to know that we are the only person that controls our destiny. The reason that we are alive and the reason that we are that on this earth is because of us in the first place. That like we have a calling. There is a purpose on our lives, and somebody else doesn't doesn't magically get you to those places. Sure, they can motivate you. I hope to motivate people. I hope to give people a breath of fresh air. I hope to give them. I hope that when they hear my words, they think I want to be like that to some extent. Not like wear my flesh or anything strange like that silence of the lambs but <laughs> the thought being again that that you just get enough of your intrinsic value shows your passions your skills your network the things that really make you you show up in those moments for someone to say hey i'm i can do that like i believe in these same things when it comes to passion when it comes to skill sets i know i can do these same things i i have acumen i have the ability to be able to sit back and, and, and do the same kind of things that Dale's talking about. I just have never taken the, the time to do it. And once you've done it, then you're past me. You don't need me anymore. You just can come back to my community and meet and meet more people and be a part of it forever. That's the thought process. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so this, and I think this kind of speaks to what you were talking about with all the click funnels and people overcomplicating it. But like, so it doesn't sound like a marketing question, but I think it is. It's like, uh, wh why do you think so many people are out there? And this is just a feeling I get. It, it just 
being online, being on social media, which I wasn't on as much before uh, starting my next business that I'm doing now. But like, why do you think so much people are looking for for so much more meaning in their lives beyond their career? Like, why are they looking? It seems like there's just like a, people are looking for more than these days. Mm. I got a couple big thoughts behind it, but I'll kind of condense them down to one one just line of thought which is if you look back 80 years people didn't have access to the world the way that we do now that if you got on a plane and you were a white wealthy american and you went to asia you didn't go to places where you you met people that made less than a penny a day in comparison to your own wealth right you didn't experience their cultures you didn't sit at their tables and eat their food. You didn't even know that most of that stuff existed, and maybe you did, but you you knew that you didn't have to be a part of it, and so you stayed away from it altogether, right? And in the year 2020, you don't have to stay away from it anymore. You can see it on YouTube. You can watch it on, on the, the daily news in some cases, like what's happening in the world. And you can start to sit back and really recognize and realize that like your little bubble and your small town or even in your big town is much smaller than you even recognize in the first place. And that the things that might've been held up on a pedestal over time and shown to you as like, this is the way, this is what you should worship. This is who you should become. It is very easy for us to, to look around and kind of figure out that not that we've been lied to, but that there's much more to life and that, these people that have had success before us, it wasn't that they, they found a niche and they became this this multimillionaire because they, they love a product. It was because of their networks, man. It was because of their relationships. It would be Their wealth was truly in relationships more so than anything else. Think about the Shriners. Think about all these groups that are old school groups, right, that we can look at and we can be like, how do you get hundreds of thousands of, of extremely wealthy men together and start a group? Like – that that happens by going out and mingling and mixing it up with people and meeting other cultures and being very diverse in the way that we think. And so we don't have this this same herd mentality of 80 years ago. Instead, we have like well, a new herd mentality to an extent, right? But it's it's much more awake than it was 80 years ago. It recognizes what's truly out there. It sees that there's more. And so it desires that. And it also recognizes too like how precious life is compared to, to, to decades and centuries even in some cases, just in the way that man has kind of always conquered itself and treated itself yeah. like garbage in general. Like you can you can literally watch on Netflix what my grandpa and your grandpa probably went through in World War II. We can literally watch, like we can't even fathom the things that happened. Like once we start to really learn about it, like on TV where we can say, Look at this these line and manipulation and war and torment and terror and killings and this is disgust. I hate this. <laughs> and suddenly yeah. it makes us think differently about things like politics and it makes us think differently about people that are dictators in the in the world and how the mindset of somebody and the things that they speak that is dangerous to an extent as well too, right? And because we are a quote unquote woke nation now, as the Zillennials and the and the Gen Zers would say, right? we have taken a new stance on the way that we want to live our lives altogether. Yeah. And then, and then that also brings up just the, like a whole other thing. It's like, now you see that all the different possibilities, but now we need help in figuring all those different things out. So it's like, 
just getting a job isn't enough anymore. We need all these different people, which I think is kind of the, the cool part about it. It's like now you see all these different professionals and leaders kind of niching down to the types of people that they can help the best. And then those people that want to work with those types of people can find them. Um, but it does it does seem like that there's but people people need more help at the same time. We're kind of we have more options, but we now we all need more help in a way. You're right. We do need more help because all this information doesn't necessarily get us what we want. It just steers us in a direction. And a lot of times the direction can be false, just the same, too. So we we can literally fall victim to the same thing that I'm saying we've come out of through things like social media and because of the influence that people can have over us in the world and not just in our communities. You know, so somebody 5,000 miles away can dictate the way that you live your life just by basically getting your buy-in, you know, through ClickFunnels ads or, or yeah. whatever it is, right? So you're dead on. It's powerful stuff, man. Like, uh, you have to be careful. Um, well, I feel like this is kind of like, like very surface level compared to some of this deep stuff. But in terms of like your brand identity, like just like the, the way it visually looks, the videos, everything, like out of all the, the different coaching platforms, companies, I feel like yours is one of the best in terms of the, how it all just comes together. Like, how did that, I mean, I know that like that original video came from a friend helping you out, but like, what was the process you went through to tie all that together? Like this, the, your story, the graphic artist, the video guy, like how did you pull all that together to create such a, a unique thing? Yeah, one of the, the big pieces I, I think I, that I can go back to in that is that the community that I had built as the copier warrior is the same community that I have today. Really, it's just evolved to now I sell sales training and not copy machines, right? And and really, all the time that I was selling copy machines, I was helping people. And so then that hasn't changed. And that, you know, maybe somebody, maybe, maybe somebody hires me for sales training and in the process, they become sober or... Uh, you know, they, they fix a, a problem with their spouse that they've been having for many years. And those things come naturally through the process of like what we've built and what we're building, because we think even it's a surface level question, like you said, to an extent, but the way that we built it on the surface goes so deep, it penetrates. So when someone like, for example, when someone sees the look of, of my company, in general, it's not that I sat back and said, like, I really love this. I do love it. Don't get me wrong. But I said, no, I, I know, around. but I'm just wondering, like, no, I get I get that. And that's the, that's what's cool about it is like, but I, I'm just wondering, like, like, did you I like, did you have somebody like just like a like a graphic artist that you really loved that came in and like talked with you about how it worked? And like you guys you guys went back and forth on you told him the story and he came up with concepts. I'm just kind of wondering like that, like the the nuts and bolts of like the artwork and like the videos and yeah. stuff. So she tied into me and and really recognized and understood like the stories that I'm telling you and and said and it wasn't just like, hey, I want this 80s look. It was why do we want it? And we talked about nostalgia. We talked about that when someone sees these things, especially that are in from my generation, which is the generation that I want to speak to. And I believed at the time, which I, I was dead on about, that that the coming generations were going to kind of have this dip back into the past of the 80s and the 90s. 
And so when you see the triangles and you see the neon lights and the colors and the way and all the symbols that we even use, like DeLoreans and, you know, like all souped up, like all the little things that we do to, again, create an emotional reaction from people. It all comes from this place of getting extremely deep with another human being. And then to be quite frank with you, like I'm a very spiritual person and, and I just believe that through divinity I've been always brought the other people that showed up. So the people that helped with the video were the same people that did my copier warrior videos, um, you know, that we've put out so far, but now in the beginning, but now we have a young man named Rafe, uh, who is a genius and, and he speaks the language, not just of me, but of the people that want to be a part of the rebellion and that believe that there's something bigger than just a commission check out there waiting for them from a sales perspective and the narrative that we are building of purpose-driven lifestyles and community concepts. So when you build the brand, you have to be thinking, what does it look like in 10 years? And how do I do it from the perspective? Like I could sit here and say all day that, oh, cool, it looks good and the colors are great and it gives people a pretty fun little experience and then they pay $9.99. But, but the thought, the bigger thought is, is that, well, then they pay $9.99 and like two months later, three months later, they stop and they go away, right? How do I get yeah, people... No, I to feel like a connection through these things. And so I, the storytelling methodology of what we created was, was really pivotal through the process of getting with a brand designer and getting with graphic arts people and getting with the folks that have been brought into my life to be able to help us produce these things and then speak the language of our buyer more so than anything else. Yeah, that must, that must have been a fun process, like when you guys were all together. And, and did, you, did you put those finishing touches together after you had already kind of started to to build the company out like you had a proof of concept running or did you did you incorporate that brand stuff in really early i kind of i had i had kind of proof of of these concepts at, a, at an early spot of my career where like this was one of my business cards that i used to pass out as the copier warrior where like i used the essentially the look of a street fighter game uh or yeah. street fighter itself on the front i'm like fighting Probably. a copy machine with a sword and by the way, I'm good. At, I'm really good at Street Fighter. By the way, <laughs> let's go, bro. I'm ready. <laughs> so, so, so then it translated into more of this, you know, where we have this very retro, very '80s feel, and and it, there's not much of a difference, to be quite frank with you, right? Like it's it really isn't. It's it is the identity of what we've built, like at its core, like will always be the same from that perspective, right? Like it will always be this thing that makes you feel like a sense of nostalgia and have this this different perspective in general around what it is that's happening to you when you go through it and view it so so again I, like when we built it dude you yeah you would have nerded out you would have absolutely nerded out because i also like in the midst of having all these people this is something i re I, I recognize for myself and that i recommend for anybody that even though i was paying people to do these things for me and to be part of this brand process i still had another guy that was a guru in my life that helped me develop my personal brand in 2007 that's never left my side. Even though he doesn't do personal branding anymore, I was on the phone with him every freaking second of the process and saying, here's the storyboard, here's here's the visual, here, like, what do you think? Are we hitting the right emotions? Are we translating this correctly? So throughout the process, like I had my, my wizard uh, as well too through it, it, you know, cause I love what I do and I believe that I'm good at, at marketing, but if you if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong freaking room. Get out. So always keep the people around you that 
that are going to be able to elevate you even further. You don't need to be the person up here making the decisions on things like this. You just need to be the person that is helping to guide the hands of those that are crafting it from the perspective of what it is that you want the brand to translate to people and then having accountability at that level on top of it and having a person you go to and say like, I really like this, but do you hate it? <laughs> and yeah. having tough no, conversations. Awesome. I mean, that's how you do it. Well, it's cool that you knew to invest in that. Like you knew that those were all things that were going to be worthwhile. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting story. That's, that's the kind of, like the next piece I want to jump into. And I, I feel like the, I feel like the main thing holding me back right now is like, I don't have the right, I don't know who I can trust to help me with that stuff. Cause it's definitely, out, definitely out of my like wheelhouse to kind of build out that brand identity. Um, like with the visuals and all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm, I'm excited to, to find those people and, uh, and go and, and figure it out. Cause I, I want to do something like you did, man. It's awesome. Well, cool, dude. So, I appreciate you being on. This is awesome. I appreciate you spending the time and uh, I know you're busy. So uh, very much appreciate you being on the show, man. This is awesome. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. It means a lot.